So start with you go and turning the laptop off. All right. So I turn the laptop off. Hang on. Hang on. It, okay. Now. All right. So I turned the laptop off. I was exhausted. I was tired. Um, I, I felt like at least I had thoughts like there were tears coming on. Um, but I, 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 you know, I went into my girlfriend's arms and I just laid there with her and it's actually really cool. Darren. It was a tender moment. I told her like, at first she didn't want to cuddle. Actually, she didn't feel up to it, but I just looked at her in the eyes and I just told her, I was like, you know, I don't know what came over me, but I was coming back from the chat and I just felt like I wanted to hug my mommy and she's like, Oh, and she like, <laughs> grabbed me and held me close and I just was able to let out some tears and it felt it's cool because I noticed that I had more unwholesome thoughts at one point and I noticed that was bringing more tears out but it wasn't like a problem whereas I think if I cried in the past it would be like you know unwholesome thought that I would not be conscious of and I would think that there's some you know force governing me that's making me cry but what I could see, I think, is that I have a part, a strong part in that, too, especially in the continuation of crying. Mm -hmm. And I was able to enjoy it. I was like, oh, I like this. This is nice. This is nice to just cry like this. This is okay. This feels good. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like, wow, that's really cool. And, um, yeah, I just, I just chilled out. And... You know, I feel like I've been the axing away at the thoughts mm -hmm. has been kind of like a like this action figure is like in my head, like pew, pew, uh, and uh -huh. I think I started to come down from that and instead just let it be like a flash, but like more gentle, mm -hmm. like a gentle kind of attitude. Even the the axing is more of a gentle attitude mm -hmm. rather than like I'm gonna get you, and um, and then I just follow that up immediately with a congratulations and a smile mm. and then today i got up and i anytime i act something now pretty reliably i don't like there's there's That's no cool. there's nothing to access at right. like I, exactly. like I, like i see like i see the unwholesome thought <laughs> but like when i access at it it feels like empty I guess that would be a good way to say it. It feels completely empty. Um, mm -hmm. But I just for protection, I have been doing it anyway. And I noticed, mm -hmm. oh, that's okay. It's interesting. It doesn't seem like a chore. There's sometimes things that come up like, I don't want to do this right now. And I'm like, oh, I see you too. Mm -hmm. It's all right. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I got this really cool idea. Um, Wait, before you go into the new idea, hang on to okay. that. Let's okay. go back. All right, let's, let's go back. A postmortem of the moment that you're in the arms of your uh, okay. mommy. Okay. And even earlier back to when you mentioned that about mommy, she was enormously receptive to that, as yes. opposed to, I'm not your mommy, I'm your girlfriend. Which. I know. I, I told her about our chat. I uh -huh. told her about our chat, actually, that it's like healthy to talk like that with each other if we can nurture each other in that way and also know what we're doing. And um, she mm -hmm. she likes it. We like yes. it very much. 
Right. It it touches the nerve with women in a way that Papa doesn't touch with men. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mama. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so um, talking about the tears now for a moment. Okay. Um, I'll use an expression that's kind of weird. And it doesn't fit into most people's understanding. And that is the term, and it's not an oxymoron, it's a descriptive term. Mm. The tears of an arahat. Mm-hmm. I've heard because that. Because you would you would think that an arahat would beyond be be beyond all tears. Mm. Right, because like that's a an arahat supposed to be like at the end of the have completed the path. That's what right. an arahat is, yeah. Uh, Okay, except that you're now talking about the joy of the relief, that this is the word that I would use. In fact, I would ask you the question is, is that while those tears are coming out, it's a sense of relief, a sense of, oh, wow. Oh, this is, yeah. yeah. Okay, that relief is the quality that they're talking about in the suttas when they're talking about letting go yeah but the western mind has the quality of prying our hands loose from it rather than the reality of after we've let go our hand begins to feel better and if we let go of something in the mind the mind begins to feel better it's not grabbing and holding and clinging on to something now it can relax and you had a really nice moment of deep relaxation. Good for you. Yeah. Okay. In this regard, tears are good. That this is also why some music literally does bring tears to the eyes. They've known about it for so long. They do it with movies and, you know, they call it tear jerkers and all of that kind mm-hmm. of Okay. <laughs> These are not necessarily unwholesome tears. For one thing, if they are tears of loss, it's the tears of someone else's loss. Or uh, let us say, displace it in from my uh, pity party into the reality that I live in a complete world of a pity party. Okay. And uh, this is also, we have words like pathos. And there is great beauty in pathos. Okay. Uh, uh, Plays. There are many of them that are tragedies. But the ones who really make an impact are the ones who are also a farce. Where the tragedy is ridiculous. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Chekhov. I used to do a lot of Chekhov in acting school. Mm. And um, Chekhov is very much like that. There's a lot of humor, but they're all tragedies. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. There's also the beauty in that. Yeah, the beauty uh-huh. in that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of beauty in it, and uh, one of the ones that I would mention would be um, a particular symphony by a particular composer. His name was Tchaikovsky, you've heard of it. And it's his sixth symphony that he wrote when he was in the depths of depression. But at that time of the writing of it, he was not 
committing suicide. That happened later. Actually, oh. after yet another piece of work that was done or mm. unfinished. He's got an unfinished seventh symphony. Mm. But this sixth symphony that he did is absolutely profoundly sad to the point that it brings tears to the eyes. Mm. But these are not harsh tears, they're sweet. Mm. It's so beautiful that it really touches the soul. Mm. And that we need to experience <laughs> the soul. <laughs> <laughs> right. Goes down to the depths so that we can actually shine a light on um, the tragedy of human existence. Is that it's not a farce the way that it ought to be. And that a whole uh, society is about that. There is actually a videotape on YouTube by um, his name is Achan uh, Mahaboa from Udantani. He died in 1912. This was done a few years before he died. And the topic that he's talking about is does an era hot cry? which is exactly the point that we're making here. This is the whole thing about it. And that in there, uh, he uses language that the Western ear winces on as because uh, it's low, harsh language, but it's actually a little translation out of the Thai. The word in Thai language is ki, and they have ki bari. Bari is a cigarette. What is ki bari? Ash. That's how the word is used all over the place. Okay. There is also a chili that is a very tiny one. It's about the size of uh, a, a rat turd. And guess what? Its name in Thailand is uh, Kinu Prick, the prick, the chili of the key of a mouse. So. This is the word that uh, Achan Mahaboa is saying when he says that the whole society of humanity is nothing but a giant toilet full of shit. For sure. Yeah. And there's a there's a beautiful sadness in that. And part of the sadness is, is that each one of the turds think that they're the only turd in the bowl. Without recognizing, no, this the the turd. You can't tell who did what turd. You know. <laughs> but that there is this sad, profound sadness to it, and the cry is not a cry of desperation. It's a cry of relief that we can see it the way that it is. So I thought that I would add that for you to give you a pat on the back and congratulations. Let's go have a good cry together. It's relaxing. It's relieving that people after a cry, they feel so much better. And part of the crying also is that they're doing some pretty good breathing during it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I also, noticed it cleans out and flushes out the eyes. I mean, it's a purative process when done uh, in the way that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
What a relief it is. What a relief it is. And so if you're listening to a piece of music and it makes you cry, enjoy it. It's oh. the beauty of being alive. Oh, I love that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> love that. Yeah. So then we, you were about to embark upon the next thing. Yeah. Um, so I was telling you about how I've noticed with the axing of a thought that it started to occur much more empty. Uh, whereas before it was like there was this whole world of like joy and throwing the axe and then seeing it come back and you know there was like and conquering a great big target yeah and now it's more like it's more like i'll like okay so this is this is weird because what's what i i can't tell what exactly is happening other than this and what i what i've been experiencing i today. have some questions for you you do <laughs> yes you have questions for me okay yes okay would you say that part of the distinction between uh, a great big axe throwing and hitting a great big target versus now is much more almost empty and easy peasy is because you're catching it a little quicker now so that it doesn't get so big in your own mind either one of them i think it's that yeah i think it's that too and it's that I've had so much, ex I was talking about this with Dan today, Dan Goldfield, talking about, I think what I'm starting to see is that once you have really great content that you're replacing, so great content would be the unwholesome, would be the wholesome thoughts. Not great content would be the unwholesome thoughts. And when you start replacing the unwholesome thoughts with the wholesome, you get exposed to what we call the message of that content, which is the positive feedback loop. And mm -hmm. the exposure to that positive feedback loop over and over and over again creates evidence where you can have complete conviction that you can do this and that you can feel good. And it, it starts to occur much more um, easily and quicker that you can feel good when encountering an unwhole thought it can be mm -hmm. whereas before it would take a whole breath to feel good now it could take a couple seconds of doing an inhale to feel good. it's like a spark like a lightning bolt of of sati like oh it feels good and and now <laughs> i can i can even say oh that feels good even if it doesn't feel as good as i'm expressing it but it feels good to say that it feels good so it's like Go ahead. I'm just re seeing a message. Do you want to read it? Do you want to no, read it some more time? Already. Okay. okay. Already um, done. So it's like the wholesome is just compounding and compounding and compounding. So what I've noticed today and what I wanted to like check on with you about is um, it seems like or what I've noticed. No, what has happened today is there has in general been less instances in which I have unwholesome thoughts. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is I don't know if it's that I'm noticing the unwholesome thoughts less 
or they're actually happening less. Because the thing is, even yes, that's um, what I'm saying. Yes, yeah. they do start to happen less often. Less often. But the thing is, is I can't tell the difference. And they're between... not as strong. Yeah, but the thing is, is I can't tell the difference between if they're happening less often or they're still happening the same amount. I'm just not noticing them as much. Okay. Well, logic will say that if you're developing a skill, then as you're developing the skill, you're better at practicing that skill than you were before you started practicing right. the skill. Right. So it seems like it would be the former, that there really actually is less, at least in right. this moment or this day. Mm -hmm. Um, exactly. While we're practicing, and not only that, but now you're directing that thing that is referred to why I, <clears throat> it's that item on the list of the Eightfold Noble Path that is translated as right intention that we've also talked about has to do with right attitude and also uh, right um, expectation. Mm. But that the um, the difficulty with the word intention is, is that that also uh, is closely related to tanha or wanting, which is slightly different. But we can use the word intention here, right intention. So now your right intention is to have wholesome thoughts. Mm-hmm. Your right intention is, is to, to feel good. Yeah, it's a feel good. We begin to take on that winner's attitude. Or we can talk about it in the sense of the attitude of the winner is, is that I do have wholesome thoughts. I'm the winner here. These yeah. thoughts are wholesome. Let's inspect them once again. Let's inspect them once again, but always we keep looking and keep looking, and they become more often more wholesome and less often unwholesome and very rarely downright harmful. Right, right. Now, what's really interesting about this, though, is that the joy that I was experiencing, as I mentioned, you know, as I've been doing this practice, is much less as well but this is now this is where it gets really interesting okay i can be like watching tv or being out with my girlfriend or doing something and i can't tell if like nothing is going on or i'm just not paying attention because i'm still feeling pretty good but i'm not having to remind myself yeah. to feel good right. and i'm not building up a habit slowly you're changing yeah. your frame of reference. That's another way of talking about it. The Sama Sankapa, the right intention. Now we can say you're actually changing or shifting your way of looking at things. Yeah. Okay. An example of that is, is that there is a drawing that has two vases, two vases sitting side by side, and they are kind of scrolly work. But when you set them side by side, obviously a face appears in the gap between them. You've seen this, right? Okay. Now, the question is, who sees which one first? And that's the way that we look at the whole world. We see the, the vase 
in a, uh, let us say, the way that it is, but we don't see things that are hidden. Another example is that there's a drawing that has a young woman and an old woman in the same drawing. One of them, her the nose of one is the chin of the other one, right? right, right. That kind of thing. Now, the point that we're making is, is that if we can shift our focus from one of them to the other and really be able to see it that other way, now we can see it completely of what the artist has done, what a magnificent piece of art this is that this, this artist could put both, both in, and many people cannot see the hidden image in there, okay? This is kind of the way that now we're looking at reality, that humanity and our human culture has taught us to look at the vase only and not look at the gap between the vase, which is uh, 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 not just a vase, two vases together. Now there's a, a photo of a person inside or that, there. Or I would even say as the vase is all there is. Uh -huh. The vase is all there is to humanity. There's not a possibility of there being any other way. Exactly. But in our uh, imagination or in a fantasy, which in the, that isn't even the face, <laughs> the other face, yeah. In the 1980s, there was actually a, a uh, bumper sticker that I saw that was popular. And the bumper sticker actually said, the life is shit and then you die. <laughs> okay. That means that they cannot see it the way that, because uh, many people will say, well, he's, they're saying just the same thing that uh, uh, Achan Mahaboa is saying. And they're saying, no, your tears of life is shit and then you die is an unhappy one. Rather than the Anchan's uh, uh, tears is the tears for joy. Why I'm so relieved that I can see that there is more to this than just the vase. I can see that the world is a toilet of shit. But. That's not all there is to it. So life is shit and then you die means they can't see the other side. That's exactly what happens with atheism. You see, most atheists, in fact, the hardest of the hardcore atheists were at one time hardcore Christians. That follows in line exactly with uh, things like it's ex-smokers who will tell you to stop smoking around them. The non-smokers who are never smoked, they don't care so much. But if you're an ex-smoker and proud of being able to give up cigarettes, you're going to start becoming a policeman for others smoking cigarettes. Another example is fat people don't like fat people. Why do fat people don't like? Because they don't like them, the fat they have together, and they condemn themselves for it because they've always been condemned for it. And so they go around condemning everything that's fat. That's their nature. All right. The point is, though, that we can't see the other side of things. And so welcome to the other world, the world of relief. Wow, I can see it the way that it is. And that, by the way, that word relief that we're like talking about a feeling is exactly what we're talking about in art also. <laughs> the other side. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, that's excellent that we can put this together and that as time goes by, the wholesome will begin to take over the unwholesome so that you spend less time in the unwholesome when you're mindful. Now, when we, if mindfulness is not there, all games are back off. The way that I would say it, in fact, is, is uh, like this, in, in fact, with martial arts or anything else. Someone can be an absolute skilled marksman. But in the Old West, the old teacher would take the young uh, uh, fast draw artist out and kick over rocks so that he's confronted three feet away with a rattlesnake about to strike him. All right. In other words, if you forget your skills and the point of danger, then it doesn't matter what skills you've got. And the skill of sati, the skill of waking up, is that skill. And if we don't wake up to look at what's going on, the mind's going to get flooded back with the old history. So that's kind of like why I'm saying that I can't tell if it's that the unwholesome is just happening less or if I'm just not noticing it. And I certainly don't. That's one of the questions to keep asking yourself. How is my investigation? In other words, now that we are investigating to the point of being able to remove the unwholesome thoughts, now we want to investigate the skills and tools we use to get there. Okay, this is actually in the suttas in number 111. One by one as they occur. So now let's talk about what is it that's one by one as they occur with the point of view that what's in the mind already is wholesome thoughts. So the things that are can be looked at now when the mind is wholesome is how is my guarding to make sure that these are wholesome thoughts? How is my sati to remember that I am looking for the wholesome thoughts? Do I wake up to look just often, just to see? That's what we mean by unremitting mindfulness. Unremitting sati means that we keep practicing until it becomes a habit of just kind of waking up to check how things are. There's several examples of this. One of them out of the Vasudhi Maga is the example of in in ancient times and still in Thailand, you know what a lungi is or a sarong? No. It's a long piece of cloth that is used at, tied to the waist. Women wear them, men wear them. It's a skirt, but it's just one great big piece of cloth that's folded. Monks wear them. Okay. The lower garment. Okay? I've got a visual, yeah. Also called a range cloth. It's about the size of a large towel. Okay. Okay. Now imagine that this cloth is tied uh, uh, in a way so that the long part of it is a hammock. Mm. And it is a perfect hammock for an infant. Mm-hmm. That most of the infants in Thailand, that's all the baby crib they ever get. It's just an old piece of cloth that was in the closet. Tied into a hammock. Mm. Okay. When the infant is uh, not going to sleep, then mom has to watch it carefully to make sure that the child is going to stay in there because it's fidgeting around. But once the child is sleeping, 
Now mom only needs to keep an eye on it. She can actually gaze this way. And as the swing comes back and forth in her view is all she needs. She does not have to continuously look at the child. Just check up on him occasionally. Okay. That's how we want to practice our sati. Just checking up on things occasionally to make sure everything is hunky-dory. The other example then would be that in Sutta number 19, when the cow herd gets the cows into the pasture where they're all safe and secure and they're feeding, he can go sit down under a tree and he doesn't have to keep the stick with him to put him back in line. He takes the stick and he goes and he sits under a tree and he just rests and watches the cows. Okay. So that's the kind of analogy that we're looking for. So long as we keep having that sati going, everything is going to be um, available for you because you remember that they're available to look at, to investigate, to see what's going on. And you're still in the very early phases of this. You're making really, really fast progress, Alex. (laughs) And I congratulate you for that. But there is still a process going on. For sure. And that's what we need to keep track of is that this is merely a process, a progress that you're going on. And pretty soon you'll begin to see the things that you're asking questions about. You begin Mm. to see, oh, yes. In fact, the mind does get more settled. Mm. If you keep petting a dog, it will keep getting settled down. Yeah, it's okay. So you know what it. All right. Well, then I think I'm already seeing it because this is what it's kind of like. Do you know how like before you ever practice any? I don't know if you can remember back this far, but if you before you ever practice the Dhamma before oh, I you, remember quite a lot. OK, <laughs> so like I, re, I remember right that before I practiced the Dhamma, I didn't know that I wasn't aware of unwholesome thoughts. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. So no. It, it, you it, didn't it, even it, never hear or have the concept of of unwholesome thoughts. It didn't no. occur to you. It's not in your vocabulary. Uh, no. no one ever mentioned it. So, like until I had that waking up experience, I didn't know there was anything to wake up from. So now that being said, <laughs> after like spending time and like what I've woken up into, it seems like at least today, it's kind of like how it was before I even practiced the Dhamma. Like I'm not aware of. That there's anything that I'm not aware of, because like, ah, what can you be aware of? Except that, that you isn't feel there to be aware of now. Now what? you feel yeah. different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the point. Okay, so this also fits in with the Zen story of uh, the student of Zen is in the valley, and the mountain is a mountain, and the trees are trees, and he climbs the mountain of his mind. And he looks around and he says, you know something? Mountains are not mountains at all. Trees are not trees at all. Yeah. <laughs> In the and then he climbs back down the mountain and he looks back at the mountain and he says, oh, yeah, mountains are mountains and trees are trees. But now his whole perspective is completely different from it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is also what Jesus says to be in the world, but not of the world. 
And the Buddha says, yes, everybody's stuck in the world. You got to get out of the world and clean that out. But when you go back into the world, don't go be back in, into the world. Go back into the world above the world. Of the and world. Jesus said, uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and Jesus says, uh, be in the world, but not of the world. Be so, above it. So they're backwards. Oh, they're the same? Okay. They're the same thing, right. Well, the I, point is, is that the Buddha says, but you got to get out of the world first. Yeah both physically and also mentally. And then you can come back into the world, but not be uh, stuck back in that world. You can deal with people and still be happy. Well, it's interesting, you know, because I took of the world like it's above the world. Like I I think those, I think of those as the same. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it says be in the world, but not of the world. So of the world is stuck in the world. And not oh, and so not of the world is being above the world. So yeah, Buddha and Jesus are spot on together on that one. Mm. In that regard, by the way, Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa was a big fan of Jesus, but completely ignorant of Christianity. He never met a Christian. So, I mean, like a couple times throughout today. Whenever I would notice an unwholesome thought, it would be something like, oh, I don't I don't want to throw an axe right now or I don't want to do this. And oh, I was just like, just relax. Ah, and, you've and already just, thrown the axe. In yeah. fact, when you say I don't want to throw the axe, the, the thought of throwing the axe has already happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like this now. I don't really yeah. like. It's it doesn't have to the, be a great actually, big thing to hit a great big target because it didn't get a chance to grow into a big target, a tiny little target with a tiny little one thought axe. Yeah. And uh, noticing, I see you, Myra. Noticing the unwholesome thought is the trigger for all of the wholesome thoughts and all of the great stuff happening. And exactly. so, 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 <laughs> so this is interesting, right? Because since there's been less unwholesome thoughts, I've been concerned that I will have less joy because I have less triggers to trigger that joy. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't make sense at all. You can have okay. all the joy you want. You're now thinking that the joy is conditioned upon something that you've got to do. No, 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 no. So at first, when we start noticing the unwholesome thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. We, we learn to replace those unwholesome thoughts with, with the feeling good, the joy, congratulations, success, mm-hmm. right? What I'm saying is that now that I'm having less unwholesome thoughts, mm-hmm. there's less triggers for that joy that I was no. creating. No, no, I'll but, give you a new trigger. Wait, wait. We, we but, just need to put some new triggers in there. Okay. Okay, I haven't told you about all of the triggers. Okay. That in fact, you've got the important trigger. The important trigger that you've got is the trigger that seeing an unwholesome thought and taking the right effort, that's the triggering of the gladdening of the mind. Yes, yeah, yes. they're connected okay. now. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, well, what happens when you wake up and you see that the thought is already wholesome? Can you congratulate yourself for that, too? I'm doing that, too. Yeah, I'm doing that, All right, well, there's another trigger. All right, so there's more to it than that also. And that is is that you can reflect upon, wow, how nice it's been for oh so long now. I can't believe Mm. that this stuff lasts that long. 
And that mm. and, that, and that statement That's of that good. long can in the beginning start in five minutes, the next one is an hour, and then a five years, and then you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow, it's been that I, long since I've been angry. Wow. <laughs> I know. Another one that I've been doing is sometimes I'll just like I'll just like I'll be watching TV with my girlfriend and I'll be like, Oh, I feel good. This feels good right now. Oh, congratulations. Success. That's great. Good job. Good job. Oh, uh-huh. oh man, this feels good. You know, uh-huh. like, I'll just so you do know about those second triggers anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know about them. It's just it, it just momentarily f- when talking to me, you forgot, but you the, know, they're there that you can. Yeah. In fact, with Sati, you could take the good feeling that you now have and boost it again. It's just it's just really interesting because. I came from every time I would see an unwholesome thought that would be a trigger for more joy. And then I think I've started to see like a belief that I have that I need to see the unwholesome thought in order to trigger my joy. Mm-hmm. But I think what I can see now is that the joy is just here and I can trust that it's here and enjoy and relish <laughs> in it being here and celebrate that. And that's ah, it. And relief, and the relief comes is I don't have to work at getting it anymore. And the relief, it yeah. Oh, I don't have to work at getting it anymore. It's right here. Okay. And that's 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 freaking nuts because like, <laughs> See, look at your trigger yourself right into um, <laughs> fifty again. This is freaking nuts. Exactly. Because <laughs> like a week ago, it was like. I needed all that unwholesome. I I believed I needed all those unwholesome thoughts to trigger the joy. But now I'm seeing when there's less unwholesome thoughts, it's like, okay, all right. And and there have been some fears. Conditioning. Yeah. For the fears, let's hang on for that. Let's go back and look at the point that that conditioning is that you gotta work in order to eat. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just playing out at a more subtle level. And now you're recognizing, no, you don't even have to work to eat the best joyful pie of the mind that you can create. Because mm-hmm. we've got the triggers now. We know the steps so that we can put ourselves into that elated place. This is freaking nuts. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> now, and I just. You said. Okay, so uh, that's that recognition then that you are beginning to control the mind that is now free from the burden of delayed gratification. That you do have permission to cheat and get all the joy you want without hurting anyone and you don't get caught. Yeah, and I'm giving myself permission. I'm giving myself permission. I'm like, I'm next to my girlfriend, and sometimes I'm like thinking, she must think I'm weird. And I'm like, oh, it feels so good. (laughs) Right next to her. I'm just like, oh, this is so nice. And and Uh and when I notice that judgment, I'm like, ah, X that. (laughs) Okay, well, here's what you can do with that. You can say to her just to pass that on in a really interesting and real way for an ordinary person. As you can say, wow, it feels so good now to be with you. I do that too. I do that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I caught my, I was like cuddling with her tonight. I mean, this morning. And I was like, 
I normally would like hold myself back from expressing feeling so good because I would think it would make me look needy or clingy or weak or whatever, you know, because here's the guy, the guy's supposed to be the strong rock. And here he is like, oh, this feels so good. And I was like, no, axe in that, axe in that. Oh, it feels so good to be in your arms right now. Oh, this feels so good. And she looked at me and she's like, <laughs> you know, she just laughs at me. She just smiles. So it's really nice. Well, that's what friendship and sangha is all about. Yeah. Finding some joy and spreading it with others. So the other thing I wanted to say is like, it's funny, right? The one that was coming up the most is the one that's still coming up, but it comes up less. It does come up less. And what that is, is. Okay. Well, I'm that's afraid. the first question that you had. Well, Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it when it does come up. Don't worry about when it doesn't, because that's just another one of them that comes up. Right. <laughs> exactly. I noticed that one too. It's like, wait, where are the, un where are the unwholesome thoughts? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's okay. I'll ask that one too. Um, but the one that comes up is like, I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to lose this or I'm afraid I need to do something because I don't have unwholesome thoughts triggering my joy. I'm afraid I need to do something. And then mm -hmm. I can see that. I'm like, oh, that triggers the joy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, right. That's cluing into that whole quality of the expectations that we built up. Yeah. Almost, you could say that in, the whole pile of it is our life story. Yeah. But in that moment, it's the expectation, just like Jeff was talking about, the expectation of the feeling of fear comes up on the outbreath because the expectation there may be some trouble. You know, it's really interesting. It's like, um, I would say, like, on the outermost layer, uh, this thought, the way it's manifested is I need to do something with my life. I need a mm -hmm. purpose. I need to do something yeah. new. I need a new job. And I used you, to like you need obsess to enjoy over it. that. That's, I know. Yeah. You need I, to be able to enjoy your life. Yeah. Obsess over that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to obsess over like purpose and the job and this and that. And I think that oh, comes from. No, that's from, the whole point. Let's go back to that. What is the purpose of life? To enjoy Ultimately, it. To enjoy it. What else could there possibly be a purpose to life? Yeah, it's not it's not that we have God some gave kind you of life. purpose. If you want to talk about it in Christian terms, God gave you life for you to enjoy it. Right. No, I, I'm with you on that. I'm saying I used to see it <laughs> the other way that uh -huh. I got to I got to focus on a purpose. I got to I got to get this job. I got to oh. be this kind of person. You know, I got to do personal the development. The religion. <laughs> yeah. And the spiritual. The spiritual is God gave you life for you to enjoy it. And religion comes by and says you can't until you do what I tell you to do. We've got a, we've got the the, the in, inside dope here, <laughs> and you yeah. can't. Yeah, you've got your toy, but you can't turn it on or play with it until we tell you to. Yeah, yeah, and, until you yeah, until you pray enough. <laughs> until you pray, whatever it is that we yeah. give ourselves, because that always becomes an internal thing. And that it happens just at the point of time in meditation for us to now be able to see that mechanism that's been driving our lives. Yeah, that's been really cool. 
The other thing I wanted to share with you is that I came up with this new image that is some it's it's more gentle than the axe. It's instead imagining I'm I'm like and like like my no like my whole being is like made of water and I'm like <laughs> swishing, it, swishing it toward them to rush into me and give them a big hug. So uh-huh. it's like it, it's like this big burst of like love and power. You know, it's like oh Oh, you're worried about something? Oh, whew, come here. You know, mm-hmm. rather than like, yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 I, I'm I'm noticing it's like getting softer. softer image, but yes. right. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I notice that it it changes my being too. That that image is starting to look different on the outside too. I'm like smiling differently. I'm behaving softer. It's it's just incredible. Congratulations. <laughs> success stories. I really like the success stories. Really Congratulations you. to you too, Domerado. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here for the show. <laughs> uh. Well, in that way, I mean, that's what the conductor of the orchestra is doing, too. I mean, why would you be a conductor or an orchestra if you really <laughs> didn't enjoy the show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the dancers on the stage, they're doing their thing. And they're the ones who need to be congratulated for their own mental new choreography. True. But they're, it is a congratulations to, to you, too. That is a congratulations to you, too, because you have you have helped me develop the enthusiasm to light my own fire, to light my own engine, or mm-hmm. just to spark my own engine. Right. That's all I've got is a spark. The blowing and the fire is all up to you and the kindling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will come by and light your fire if you let me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I'll let you. <laughs> Greg, because a lot of people would prefer to blow me off, which is okay. (laughs) Then, in fact, one of the things that I told uh, Keyshawn, and this is very true of the Dhamma, that a lot of people have the idea um, that uh, the more the merrier actually means we're not successful until we get everybody. But the Buddha talked about it in the way of the Sangha of just a few good men. But in a way, we can say that we're, we're not the army here. We don't go draft recruits and try to train them. All we want is a few good men or women. I mean, it's not a sexual thing, but the, yeah. the phrase of the, uh, for the, uh, the Marines is just a few good men. Because uh, let us say that um, that there was, uh, you know, the difference between a, uh, a zero-sum game and a non-zero-sum game. A zero-sum game is when there is only so much, and it has to be shared. And so if A gets four, then B uh, can't have seven if there's only ten there. Okay, and if B demands to have seven, now we've got conflict. But there is also a non-zero-sum game where everybody can win. 
And we need to try to change the mentality from a zero-sum game into a non-zero-sum game, but that can't happen because society operates with a zero-sum game. So that what that would mean is, is that, um, and this happens with a lot of gurus. I've seen it. And that is that so many students come around and they all are fighting with each other for uh, uh, proximity to the teacher. In that regard, very, very few students are actually going to get all that the teacher has to say. But if the teacher has only one or two or three students, then those two, three or four students can really get it. And if they get it, then when the crowd of people then come to the guru, he's got help. He's got a sangha already formed. And that's what I'm seeing now the need of, rather than me just teaching individual students here and there. No, it's time the students who are capable of growing in their own next dhamma can help each other do that. That that's what the real teaching of the Buddha is, is when we got sangha going. We've got a community of people who are helping each other, joyfully spreading joy to each other. And so uh, this is what is the triple gem. You know, you've heard about that, the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. And yet in Western Buddhism, they have almost no emphasis upon Sangha and almost everything that Western Buddhism has is meditation. That's the whole sum of their game which basically then winds up being dukkha, 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 where's the dukkha? Got a lot of dukkha here. Maybe this dukkha connects to that dukkha, and now I've got even more dukkha. <laughs> and we're going to get to the bottom of this stuff. <laughs> dukkha, more dukkha. We're going to get to the bottom. Right. bottom. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a pony in this barrel of horseshit someplace, is the mentality that humans have. In other words, if you practice long enough, then you will get a reward. <sighs> That's an old, old joke, by the way. Even though I've told you the punchline, I'll tell you the joke. Mother had twins. One of them was a perpetual optimist and the other one was a perpetual pessimist. And she took them to the psychiatrist in early December. And he said, well, Christmas is coming. So this is what we're going to do. All the toys that you would have given to both of them, give them to the pessimist. And for the uh, the little kid who is an optimist, give him a 55-gallon big oil barrel full of horse manure. And that's his Christmas. And so mom walks into the uh, to the child's bedroom of the uh, pessimist, and there he is crashing and breaking the toys on the floor, and he's frustrated and doesn't know what to do and says, where's my this, that, and the other, which didn't happen because mom didn't know that he wanted this, that, and the other. So she closes the door disappointed. She goes to the door of her other son and opens the door, and there he is standing in this barrel of horse shit hooking it up both hands at the time and throwing it all over the room saying, whippee, whippee. And she looks at him and says, what are you doing? And he says, with all this horse shit, there's got to be a pony in here someplace. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, that's your Western meditator. Digging deep in their barrel of horseshit, thinking there's a pony at the bottom. 
it's it's so funny because I just saw this like optimism and pessimism are two sides of the same coin as they both destroy each other. They uh-huh. both are their own um they're demise. both delusional. They're yeah. both delusional. Yeah, they're, they're both their conflict. own destruction. They're both their mm-hmm. own conflict, their own demise. The conflict of the optimist, he corrodes himself with shit so that he mm-hmm. can get to the light at the end of the tunnel. The pessimist cannot enjoy what's there that they have. Mm-hmm. And so they destroy it. And mm-hmm. so both end up destroying themselves looking for something else. Exactly <laughs> so. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's so cool to see. Yes, that's why it becomes cool. It's because we can see it. <laughs> yeah. We can see these both sides of that. We can see that uh, chin hidden behind the nose. Yeah. Or, Whereas the, the middle the middle way is just when you have a bucket of shit, you learn to see that you can you can clean off that bucket. Right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. can you can you can take the bucket and empty it out. Mm-hmm. You can you can take the bucket, turn it on upside down and stand on top of it and wave to everybody. Yeah, right, and jump it <laughs> jump for joy, exactly. Yeah. Exactly so. And so, and the house that's yeah. That's I, I that's what we would talk about. Uh changing any lemon into lemonade. That's attitude right there. Yeah. Exactly. That's the attitude. Changing it by adding a teaspoon of sugar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put some joy in the juice and you've got lemonade. Yeah. Rather than it's just bitter. Mm. Mm. But we have to remember to do that rather than just being disappointed with the bitter. Mm-hmm. Hoping it to be better. Maybe if I get used to it, it'll be sweet tasting. Mm. Because, in fact, we can get used to anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can get used to anything. We can put we up can. with anything. Yeah. Even when we don't even know it, understand it or, or look at it, just repetitive. That's part of the human mind is repetitive over and over and over and over and over again. And that's what we've been doing with the unwholesome. Mm-hmm. Now we're beginning to change that pattern. Man, 28 years. 28 years, and, and this pattern could change. And it can change. In a, in a few weeks, a month. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking nuts! It's freaking nuts! <laughs> it's freaking great! <laughs> it is, that's right. That we can change. And you know, it's funny, like, I just noticed, I'm starting to notice the trouble that I'm saving myself, because usually I would say, like, oh, that's great. And then there'd be like a tinge of, oh, you don't really believe that, or it's not completely great. But that wasn't there just now. It was, it was like missing. It was like where that, that's gone. <laughs> it's not there. That's so. right. The more you practice the wholesome, the less unwholesome you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So we've got three triggers in there. Not one, just the trigger of aha, I see you, Myra. But aha, you're not there, Mara. 
there's the second trigger. Mm, and then the third trigger is, gosh, where have you been? I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why when Unwholesome comes back, Hello Darkness, my old friend, okay. seems so easy. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it makes sense because it's like, oh, well, hey. <laughs> I know, I know you. <laughs> I know you. I've seen you before. <laughs> um, okay, so now where we're at is is starting to notice more of the wholesome thoughts. Now we're going to start noticing the wholesome thoughts. It's interesting because the wholesome thoughts are very deliberate, mm-hmm. whereas I would say the unwholesome thoughts were habits. You know exactly. Exactly. So now what we're going to start looking at is that deliberation. If you say that these are deliberate thoughts, okay, what does that mean? In other words, how is my sati? How uh, how often does deliberation happen or deliberate happen? What does deliberate look like? Deliberate looks like when I'm feeling good, I'm like, oh, no, that's, not, that's a rhetorical question for you to go investigate. Oh. That's mm. that's the what's next with this is that now that we've gotten the mind wholesome, let's go look at all these aspects of wholesome mind, mm. which are in fact the four noble truths or the eightfold noble p- path in <clears throat> the sense of how's my sati, how's my investigation, how's my effort, how's my attitude, how's my being able to sustain being in a good place, how can I have uh, how's my um, way of applying it to come back. When I'm not in in uh, that good state, how mm-hmm. can I get back into it? All of this is the stuff that now is needed to be investigated. Mm-hmm. Okay, in- including that this is freaking nuts. What does that freaking nuts sound of feel like on the inside? What is it that gets us to raise our hands in that kind of joy? Mm-hmm. And what is that? What is that joy? So this is something now that we can investigate. Mm. Uh huh. So you got to have a whole lot of that. Oh wow, this is freaking nuts! In order to be able to see, oh, the, wait a minute, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wanted to say that the um the joy that I'm experiencing, like you know, how we said like eat too much of donuts, too much donuts. Uh-huh. I, I've I've noticed the belief creep in or the thought creep in, like oh, if I'm not eating enough donuts. I'm not mm-hmm. going to have enough joy, but I just asked that one too. Yeah. But what I've noticed is that my joy is more, it's more calm. It's more uh-huh. just, it's not really anything significant. It's just kind of, it's kind of satisfactory cool, rather like than uh, successful. Yeah. yeah. Success has that quality of wow in it. Yeah. But satisfaction has more of the quality of uh, the relief. Yeah, and it's not even it's not even like feeling intensely good. It's more like, oh, this this, this is so, yeah, this, feeling good without it being intense is even kind of better. Yeah, it's like, oh, this <laughs> this feels nice. This is this is good. This is guess all right. what? This is all in the suttas. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Usually, what you said. even talked about it directly. Yes, that sometimes. Too many donuts is too much. Sometimes the exuberance is, okay, I got a load of it now. Now I really see it. Let me relax even from that, that I'm even more satisfied because I know that I can control control that elation. 
And I think I think one of the reasons why um, I don't know if you remember, but I think the reason doesn't really matter. But I think one of the reasons why I'm having so much progress with this is because I've had one and a half to two years of intense staring at my Duca. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I have like the seeing capability of it. You I just had helped about me. 10 years. <laughs> okay. Before I, 10 years of intense wow. going to India kind of practice meditation, living in the ashrams and staying with Gawanka before wow. I met Buddha So I was ready for him. Oh, yeah. He, and that's how he I picked felt. me up and turned me on my head. <laughs> wow. Wow. <Literally. laughs> well, not that's, I mean, <laughs> that, that's what you've done with me then, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's really great. It's really yeah. great. I have the same seeing now, but it's matched with, um, it's matched with right view, right effort, right attitude, seeing that I can do something about the dukkha, seeing mm -hmm. that I, I have. It right now that you don't have to do something now to get finished with it later. Right. That's the trick that this is a now kind of thing. This right is now. not a. Mm -hmm. yeah. And as we do it more and more, we gain the skills to get better and better at it. Yeah. And we get more and interested in doing it right now. Enthusiastic, eager. Yeah. Eager. Eager in doing it right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I wanted to say, there's a couple moments where I checked in today and I was like, wait, I need to be on guard. I'm going to be on guard because I don't know if I'm missing unwholesome thoughts or not. But then, like, <laughs> another hour would go by and it'd be like, mm -hmm. Wait, I need to be on guard, but there's no unwholesome. <laughs> there's no unwholesome <laughs> thoughts. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is well, reminding is, yourself, waking up and reminding, but you've got to be on guard. Listen to that. Uh, you've got to, yeah. rather than, wow, it isn't it nice to be on guard? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't oh, yeah. it nice to watch what's going on, to yeah. enjoy the show? Yeah. So it's normal then for it to feel like the same as it was before you started practicing Dhamma, where you're not really actually aware that you're not aware because there's less to be aware of that is hindrancing. No, that is you're hindering. aware that there is less to be aware of. That there's less to be aware of, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're aware that there's less to be aware of. But being aware of less to be aware of isn't doesn't really seem like anything because you can't see <laughs> yeah you, you can't see what's not there <laughs> mm -hmm. it's just not there so there's nothing for the cow herd to do he doesn't have to get up and chase after the cows with the sticks anymore because the cows are okay yeah so he just sits and everything is fine yeah hmm. Well, now, let's finish this now, but I do want to tell you this much right now. Congratulations, you're moving. And I also really appreciate your um, um, uh, participation in the Sangha groups and Discord and whatnot. That's great. I haven't really been on Discord much, but um, I, I love the Skype Sangha. And uh, Kishan, Kishan and I are becoming good friends. That's <laughs> what friends are for. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Excellent. Excellent. Alex. Well, we'll we'll hear you next time. Check in soon and, and we'll do it again.
Okay. Keep, All right, keep going. You're on the right track. You're you're doing just fine and okay. getting the benefit of it, so you know you are. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.